This is Dan Martin from uh, Next Generation Waterfronts. I have a wonderful guest today, a fellow I've known for years, Tim Brangle. And, uh, and Tim, um, would you care to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm uh, Tim Brangle, uh, a native of St. Louis and uh, transplanted to Chicago, where I did meet Dan many, many years ago. Um, uh, I'm an architect and urban planner by training um, and have worked uh, in a number of big firms and, and now have my own firm, Chicago Consultant Studio, which focuses uh, a lot on economic development opportunities and urban planning across the U.S. and internationally. Now, uh, you and I were talking one time and you were telling me about a project that you'd worked on some years ago. It was a project in a very timely location, that is Puerto Rico, um, you know, basically a place we talk a whole lot about these days for so many reasons. Uh, and it also was a place where you had done a coastal project some years ago. And I, and I recall you telling me that you had come into a situation where a plan had been done, then you were engaged to do a plan, and now some years later, I guess that second plan that you would have worked on was back in 2012, you're beginning to realize that that particular project has different potential or maybe should be looked at a little differently than you did in 2012 and certainly differently than it was first looked at in the earlier 2000s. Um, care to tell us about the project? Sure, it's a it's a fantastic project. Um, <clears throat> come about actually through some unfortunate turns, but it the Roosevelt Roads Naval Base in uh, the east coast of Puerto Rico, uh, which uh, was in operation in, in mid to you know in the fifties through two thousand four. It closed in two thousand four under the Base uh, Realignment Closure Act, the BRAC deal as it's called. Um, due to a number of things, one uh, primarily uh, an unfortunate civilian death through a, an errant bombing in the neighboring island of Vieques, where they were doing um, different training procedures, that led to its ultimate closing in 2004. Uh, and that, at that point, a plan, as they call it, the reuse plan, was done on behalf of uh, of the Navy as part of the the Closure Act and also with local officials and what's called the Local Redevelopment Authority that's uh, that's assembled um, once a base is closed. So a 2004 plan was done and completed and became the basis of sort of a redevelopment vision. Uh, We were brought in in 2009. There were some shifts, as you alluded to, Dan, uh, in the market. There was a sense that uh, they could do more with the land. And I I should tell you, it's 8,000 acres. Uh, of relatively pristine land that uh, assembled, as I said, in the in the 40s and 50s, actually first eyed by Roosevelt in the I think in the early 20s uh, on a visit uh, when he came to to Puerto Rico as a potential base, uh, you know, for for the the U.S. Um, but it it had the the fortunate uh, aspect of actually being preserved in many respects. It's hard to believe that a naval base would actually preserve land, but it did in some respects. That eight thousand acres uh, were were left uh, were were you know um, uh, developed over time for the navy, but a good portion of that remains untouched and actually, in many respects, adds a lot of the value to to the land as it is today. So the two thousand four reuse plan. Um, was a good first step, but it missed on a number of marks. And I think primarily it, it didn't acknowledge the value we see now today when sort of fresh eyes, fresh eyes back in 2011, 2012, that said, you know what, this this uh, natural beauty that's here, uh, over 3,400 acres of, of mangroves and wetlands, 
which at the time were somewhat viewed as constraints. And then over 25 miles of coastal uh, of coastline that were you know kind of perceived as as negatives. We flipped that idea, and I think in looking at it, realize the natural beauty here and these natural assets and and those things that are viewed as constraints are actually value enhancements to the plan if you think about it creatively. So we in 2009 through 2011 2012 put together what's called the addendum plan which really focused on leveraging that value, rethinking the plan and the layout um, and, and the opportunities of the site from that vantage point. And so the waterfront became very important. Um, it was used by the Navy uh, as, a, as a, it had a fueling pier. It was, a, you know, there's two deep water ports there. There was a uh, dry dock. So it was used as a, a fueling facility for the Navy. Um, but those, the, that waterfront, which was industrial in character, had great potential as a commercial and mixed-use uh, development. And the reuse of the piers, in our mind, was, could very easily be um, adapted to commercial use. Uh, and also, you start thinking about uh, tour ships and, and cruise ships, which is obviously a big industry in the Caribbean. Uh, this had great potential to, to become a new port of call. And with that, I think along the waterfront, there was a lot of land. There was landfill. Uh, again, we have environmental issues that exist on the site. But that landfill and rethinking sort of the front door of the development as, as an asset instead of a constraint became sort of our primary goal. So our plan really flipped that story or flipped that narrative to address the market that we saw, which really, in, you know, first and foremost, I think Puerto Rico has an incredible uh, tourism market and and leveraging this site for that uh, in, in some fashion a portion of the site again with 8,000 acres of which you know half or a little less than half are developable you've got a lot of potential to do a lot of different things uh, so we we flipped that narrative and again I think as you alluded 2004 or I'm sorry 2014 they they took another pass at it looked at it made some changes um, our focus was really on tourism. There were some changes made to allow a little bit more in terms of reuse of some of the, some of the industrial aspects. And, and not unlike many ports across the world, uh, having sort of this mixed use, uh, uh, both uh, commercial and tourism based, but also allowing some of the, uh, some of the prior industrial um, uses to exist as well side by side. So there was a slight shift then. I think you're, if we advance even further now, the unfortunate uh, hurricane recently, or hurricanes, quite honestly, um, have brought both um, uh, unfortunate uh, you know, devastation to the island, but the silver lining really is, I think, that now it's brought a new awareness, it's brought a new um, uh, interest, and it's brought f- federal assistance in some form. Um, that I think allows a, a new discussion on, on what the potential for Roosevelt Roads is. I think the basis of the plan is there. I think the, uh, and, and the, the, the many aspects and the evolution of the master plan is still the right framework. Um, now we have renewed interest. We have new dollars. We have uh, the potential for, uh, I think, a lot more investment, both on the federal side to accommodate some of the biggest hurdles, which I think are an aging and, and actually, you know, you know really aged out um, infrastructure um, that bring about now the, the infrastructure, the important services and things that can make economic development viable. And so the waterfront still plays a key role, 
Um, and, and it's varied throughout the site. Uh, but I think that, that really, you know, in, in thinking it through today, it's how we leverage the opportunity um, and, and bring about, I think, that economic de- development this site so deserves. Tim, Tim we're, for people that are familiar with and, and know the island, um, where, where on the island is this site with respect to the other landmarks, you know, San Juan, other places? And, and does it have connectivity or is its history as a naval base actually suggest that it wants to be isolated and hasn't really um, thrown out good connections to other parts of the island? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. It's, it's on the east coast and it's about 30 miles from San Juan. So it's, a, it's about a 45 minute drive, maybe a little less now. They were making, to your point about connectivity, they were actually making enhancements to the highway system. Uh, to to connect uh, the towns, it's it's in the town of Seba, and it's bordered uh, on the on the north and to the south is a town called Naguabo, um, and actually the closest landmark really is Fajardo uh, on the east coast, which happens to be one you know has a number of well known resorts, a conquistador, and also serves as sort of the, a main door or an entry, if you will, into uh, the U.S. is only rainforest, and that's uh, El Yunque uh, National Rainforest in or National Park in uh, in uh, just just west of Fajardo. So it's it's a very much a uh, adjacent to a lot of I would call uh, tourism assets and assets of Puerto Rico, um, and actually that that lends itself to I think rethinking of Roosevelt Roads. Um, in that regard, it it really actually is at the southern foothills of El Yunque. Uh, uh, the rainforest. And so when we actually looked at it, uh, we thought that was a, a significant component. Um, when you think of the, the, the base and the redevelopment potential uh, in that regard as becoming sort of the south portal. And there was a road that used to exist that I think over time uh, was, was uh, retaken by nature. Um, I think they closed it at one point, but the idea of actually creating uh, another uh, uh, entry point and becoming sort of the, the trailhead, the southern trailhead uh, to El Yunque was something that very, very interesting to us and I think one of the assets uh, that we could draw on in terms of the overall plan. So there was great interest, um, I think, in that. Um, and as I alluded to, there was also the, the 3,400 acres of wetlands and mangroves, which originally viewed as a constraint, became part of uh, the, the uh Conservation Trust of Puerto Rico, who uh, preserves and actually runs a lot of the the, uh, the natural lands around Puerto Rico, um, their most successful is actually in Fajardo. One of the most successful um, called La the, uh, La Basis, I'm sorry, La Cabezas de San Juan, which is a beautiful facility, an old lighthouse uh, that uh, that has uh, kayaking and tours through their mangroves and uh, very sensitively done. Um, Development, and I think in that same regard, the, the you know the potentials there in Puerto Rico. So the thirty four hundred acres of, of mangrove and wetland, um, that's a subset of the overall eight thousand acres. Do do you think that also could be similarly um, positioned to be recreational land without uh, without damage by by uh, by us if we were to you know go through there kayaking or canoeing? Absolutely, and I think that was. Again, sort of the, the, the shift in attitude towards uh, the mangroves as, as great potential, sensitively done. And that's why I think Conservation Trust of Puerto Rico is so important. 
and what they have done uh, had done recently in 2009 with Cabezas de San Juan up in Fajardo was exactly that, a very well done uh, redevelopment of an, a historic lighthouse. Uh, they had uh, educational facilities. They had overnight facilities uh, where people could actually spend the night there. They had uh, they took some of the, the areas, uh, sensitively uh, created paths and boardwalks and walkways through the mangrove where there was some prior damage. Um, so they created new routes and they had the kayaking, uh, which I think is a, is a great way to get again, get in touch with the mangroves and actually get, get in, engrossed in that, uh, the, the natural amenity. And so that same attitude is exactly what we had hoped uh, to come and bring to uh, the, th- the 3,400 acres and Roosevelt Roads. And, and Conservation Trust is in charge of that and actually have, have since opened a facility and are starting to do that. So it, it is becoming a, uh, an, a tourist attraction, is becoming a, a natural, I mean, a, a, a commonwealth asset, if you will, and I think it's adding great value to the redevelopment potential. How, how would you characterize the most of the 25 miles of coastline? How, you know, is, is it is it can you is it something that you can build near, or is it is it mainly wetlands? You know, that meet the water, or how would you characterize it? It's it's varied. I think we think of the Caribbean, we think of these beautiful beaches, and and while there are some there in Roosevelt Roads, I'd say the majority of it is rocky coastline and and uh, significant topography and, and cliffs, which add incredible beauty and vistas and views. Um, there are areas, uh, there is a, a, a main beach on the north end near Saba, which is still a, a great beach. Um, there's a couple other smaller beaches on the site, but a lot of it, again, is, is, is rocky. Along the waterfront, you know, it was industrial, along the primary waterfront where the Navy had most of its uh, facilities. It was somewhat industrial, but again, that could easily be be transitioned into more commercial mixed use. Um, there's even talk of, uh, of um, you know, institutional of um, expansion of, of um, colleges, universities, somewhat focus on tourism potentially. Um, so I think there's it, there's uh, it's it's great in that it has incredible variety along that. Uh, that coastline. And, and again, if you it, Puerto Rico, the, I mean, the, the Roosevelt Roads site had inlets and lots of uh, uh, variety. So the actually the commander's house, which was across the bay, had a beautiful view back to the port. Um, and is actually one of the primary sites, I think, for residential redevelopment, that whole area that served as the Navy housing um, has great potential for reuse. And also, uh, in the future, I think redevelopment as significant housing uh, for the community for and, and for you know others I think around the world so it, it's very varied I would say um, but ripe with potential if, if you were to uh, you've sort of I think in in your remarks have have kind of hinted at what or said in some ways exactly what you would do differently today but what what are some of the different things that you would see? Um, in the landscape today that that uh, that maybe um, you weren't as 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 aware of back when you did the plan because actually the last four or five years have have been uh, have been tremendous for us all I believe in 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 understanding um, how we can treat shorelines in in the U.S. Uh, what would you what would you think about doing differently this time and. Uh, and and how would you describe that whole you know transition from way back in the early 2000s to now as as almost a path that we've all followed 
as far as uh, developing a different uh, and hopefully better appreciation of coastal living. Um, Again, I think you're you're hitting on it. It's been sort of an evolution. I think it's been a response to market, the market of the times. And so 2004 was done, I think, uh, uh, with a narrow scope, if you will. I think we we help open that up. I think the underlying framework and the underlying attitude and approach towards the waterfront, I think is pretty much the same. The only shift we had was from from an all-tourism, all-commercial, um, although we had marinas and harbors, I think there's still the, the that balance that can exist. The reuse of some of the, the facilities that were there, uh, again, you know, uh, I would say light industrial, but I think becoming a, a true port, a mixed use port, not just a, a tourism based port, is something that's that's viable. Um, and I think particularly as we look at it today, again, you got to look at the economics um, and what's what's uh, doable in the market. Um, but having said, I, again, I think the underlying premise that, that this is an asset, that this is, has great value, um, is one that I, I, I think is still very valid today. Um, you know, I mentioned the landfill. One of the interesting thing, the Navy, of course, <clears throat> you know, they took the, the, one of the, the prime property, one of the prime pieces of land that, uh, along the waterfront and made it a landfill over time. Now that was done because it happened to be a flat layer, layer I mean, flat level area uh, was easily done, you know, and, and was kind of, you know, again, it, it made a logic, logical sense back then over the course of the use of the Navy and the, of the base. But the, the landfill, you know, was seen as a negative and it, it you know, certainly there are problems with it. But when you rethink that now as um, they put a cap on top of it, um, there's have to be some improvements to the cap to allow it to be used for other uses, but there is potential. And we saw that as a front door um, coming into the waterfront. And I think rethinking that, I mean, in today's eyes, I still think that has the greatest value um, as, a, as a front door and a park um, to, to the overall development. Um, so I think, you know, but, but now, you know, there was talk of doing golf course on there. That was part of our plan. Um, and I still think, you know, there, there's that same attitude should, should, uh, should carry today. Um, but I think probably diversifying a little bit more in terms of what, because again, 8,000 acres, is a lot of land. Um, of course, not all of it is developable, but, uh, and it has a, a whole variety of uses. I think that uh, historic uses and, and I think future uses that would, uh, would create a very a diverse and very economically diverse um, uh, redevelopment. I think, in many respects, this is sort of a new town. I mean, it, it, it the size, the sheer size, the ability to uh, to leverage the the two deep water ports. Um, it, I forgot to mention, by the way, that there obviously was a, a um, an airport there that's operational today. It has an eleven thousand foot runway, so it, it's in essence it could be an international airport, and, and so that vision, that forward thinking of this becoming a new, a new port, if you will, a new town, and a, a, a significant uh, driver of of development and sort of renaissance, if you will, on the East Coast, is something that that should still carry through today. Well, and, and to to your point about um, about golf, even it, you know, golf participation. Uh, you know, from my work, I know it's dropped from 16% to less than 8% in the U.S. And there's not much sign of it coming back. It doesn't mean that golf is, is, is history. It just means that, you know, it's less of a focus. And 
frankly, it's not enough to carry a resort um, the way it would have been 20 years ago. So, but what's beneficial, what, where that works well for this area is that so many of the other activities, whether, you know, exploring the mangroves, the wetlands in general, or along the rocky or the sandy coastline, um, it sounds like the site actually already has quite a few amenities to it that, um, that with some small amount of development or adaptation for our use uh, would, uh, would, would, would say that, you know, there's a little, not a lot of capex you have to put into this to, to make it happen as a destination uh, or as a good place to live um, in, in general. You, you know, there's another way to look at it too. I asked earlier about for people that know uh, Puerto Rico, where in the island it would be located. Um, I think another way to look at it is that, that most of most of us uh, have not been there. Um, I actually yeah. have, but a lot of people have not been to Puerto Rico. So <clears throat> I was actually, despite the fact I was I, I had been there, I was a little surprised recently when I looked at it on a map and realized um, how far out to the uh, to the east it was in the uh, in the Caribbean uh, Caribbean, and and uh, and that really it 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 is almost the first major island you come to off of the Atlantic. Uh, if I have that right, uh, correct me if I don't. And and the other thing I was going to say is is describe how you get there. I mean, I guess it's a flight right now. How how long of a flight is it from major U.S. cities like New York, uh, uh, Chicago, Atlanta? It's and, and you're hitting on I think exactly the some of the the best aspects of Puerto Rico as a commonwealth and potentially state. There's a lot of talk about statehood. Uh, you know, it is a an incredible asset. Um, natural asset, I think, uh, to the U.S. And, and in many respects, we thought of it as uh, this should be the, the East Coast or the the Atlantic Hawaii. I mean, uh, you know, and yet it's that much closer if you think about it. From Chicago, which, as you know, midpoint in, one of the, in the Midwest, it's four and a half hour flight. They have direct flights uh, daily down to, to Puerto Rico from New York, it's it's two and a half, and so and from Florida even less. So it's it's actually very close, very easy. The other key benefit, uh, obviously, as a Commonwealth of the U.S., it's no passport. I mean, right? It's not international per se. You don't need a passport. It's U.S. dollars, uh, which all lend itself to very easily getting to a, a fairly remote. Uh, I shouldn't say remote. A fairly, I mean, a very beautiful Caribbean island that's U.S. It's like it's like uh, no other, I think. So you really, um, from a, a U.S. perspective, it's beautiful and and I think very accessible. Um, and and I think that part of it too is also if you look at the, the islands, the rest of the islands around Puerto Rico, and certainly to the east, the Antilles, and you know, it has a very uh, international draw. Um, you know, uh, and so Puerto Rico actually and the Commonwealth can actually play in that regard in that market as well. That's that's a that's a really interesting positioning you just posited, and 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 I have to say, as you started the sentence, I said, "Oh my God, it's like an eastern, east coast Hawaii," and and uh, I think that's a really you know interesting way for Hawaii, uh, rather not for Hawaii, Hawaii, and maybe Hawaii could reposition itself as the Puerto Rico of the West, uh, but uh, but definitely definitely repositioning um, in the minds of a lot of people, uh, Puerto Rico as as a Hawaii, um, and when you mention the international dimension, that's kind of cool too because uh, pretty much all of those islands in in, in the Caribbean uh, have been washed over many times by different cultures. 
so it's not at all a monochromatic culture down there. It's many different cultures, and uh, and, and each of them have left something behind of interest. Uh, so uh, so from a human perspective, um, there really is a there really are a lot of good stories to tell from each of those islands, and uh, and a lot of interesting artifacts and and civilizations to to essentially visit as well. Um, so I think I think that I think that whole notion of you know Puerto Rico as 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 a, as the uh, as our, our eastern Hawaii um, not only positions it well from a perspective of, of of the positive potential it has, but I think it also positions it well for what you also uh, noted in the sidebar there, and that is um, the statehood issue. Uh, it's it's frankly it's about time we we dealt with that head on and and brought it in as a state. Uh, it does seem as if um, the politics uh, of the island at the moment are tending in that way. I know they had not in the past, but now with so many Puerto Ricans um, on the mainland uh, and, you know, residents among us, um, it really does seem as if it's a, it's even more well integrated in our culture on the mainland than, than, than uh, the Hawaiians are um, uh, for most of uh, even the West Coast. Um, any any, th- yeah. any thoughts to add to that? Or? <clears throat> no, I think you're exactly right, uh, particularly in this last uh, unfortunate, you know, hurricane. It has caused a, an uplift and a, you know, um, exodus, if you will, from the island. So you've got a lot of folks, I know many that I worked with actually in 2009 through, through 2012, who are now here. Um, and, and it's been sort of an exodus over time. But I so I think it is very much, there's much more of an integration, as you say, and I think uh, the, the Puerto Rican population here than perhaps even uh, your your your, um, your notion of Hawaii and all that. So I, I agree with you. I think um, it's very much more part of the U.S. than, than not. And certainly the, the notion of statehood is, as you, for those that know Puerto Rico or don't, and you can tell by the, the politics, it is, it is the political issue. It's sort of the dividing line, whereas we have our political parties of, uh, there's still political parties of Democrat and Republican, but uh, you can actually have a Democrat and Republican on the same ticket if they're aligned with statehood or not. And so it's a very interesting dynamic, um, an important one as they think about the future. There have been referendums done recently, and, and yes, they, they're still teetering towards statehood, and sometimes they're not. But, uh, you know, the most current one actually, I think, was is pointing towards that. Um, there's certainly advantages to it. Um, uh, but, you know, it, it, it's interesting, too. There's something nice about the history of Puerto Rico and its Spanish heritage. Uh, so it's it's as we talked about this this whole sort of cluster of international islands, it's a very interesting piece uh, in that whole equation um, in terms of the Spanish, the Spanish heritage and everything. So it's very much alive in Puerto Rico as well. And so the, you know, there's a lot of folks that want to hold on to that and, and preserve that. And so the, the difficult balance, right? it's not even, I don't think it's a difficult balance, but the balance becomes how do you preserve sort of that heritage and culture <clears throat> a, a, along with becoming a state, so that that's sort of, in my mind, uh, uh, one of the key aspects of that that whole talk. Well, and 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 it, it's not necessarily it certainly wasn't planned, but uh, many of the um, many Puerto Ricans uh, uh, after after the last disasters uh, fled for Florida, and uh, and many of them have fled for areas like Orlando, uh, parts of Florida that are very deep into uh, the tourism industry. So in an odd sort of way. Um, it may be, it could be said that, uh, that a lot of Puerto Ricans have come to the U.S. and have uh, 
are received uh, or actually have come to Florida, I should say, and are come to the U.S., have come to Florida and are <clears throat> are deeply involved now in the tourism industry and they could bring the, that skill set back with them uh, should they want to go back to uh, to Puerto Rico. Um, any any other thoughts? Uh, I think I think uh, I think we're probably uh, I think uh, discussed this through, but I, I want to be sure we get every last part of it. Any any other key things you want to say about the the property or about what you've learned in dealing with uh, such a such an interesting and uh, diverse um, uh, natural property on on a really good site? Yeah, I you know I think the the possibilities are are endless. Quite honestly, I, I think it takes a careful balance. Um, of how you, you've sort of alluded to this before, the linkages, does it want to be separate or does it want to be, in, uh, you know, engaged? I think how we, um, how it gets redeveloped and how it uh, embraces the, the neighboring communities as it did. Saba was, uh, you know, the main employ, employment base for the base, many, you know, 6,000, 8,000 jobs approximately. Um, you know, so those, those aspects of how it gets reintegrated, if you will, um, and, and sort of take down the fence and the barriers that were there is very important. But likewise, I think we have to be forward thinking um, and, and think of the broader potential. I think the greatest, one of the greatest assets here is, is that you know, over time, this was, this was done through um, an economic development conveyance, as it's called, an EDC through the Navy, where the Commonwealth purchased the land after a number of failed attempts to, to sell it on the market, if you will, by the Navy. Uh, so there's there's a, a singular control of all this, which, as you know, in the development world is, is key. I mean, having that control, and that's control in a good way, meaning that now you can think of this comprehensively. And so the development has to be very sensitive in terms of how each piece and part plays into the comprehensive whole. Um, and that, again, those are some of the advantages, I think. Um, so I think in terms of a parting uh, thoughts on this, I, it's still an incredible opportunity i think the, the 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 unfortunate aspects of the hurricane i think it actually again as i mentioned the silver lining is a renewed interest and so i think uh, i would encourage anyone and everyone who's interested it, puerto rico is a, an, an absolute gem um i think i would and so those that are looking for from a tourism aspect to a business aspect to to a development aspect it's it's um it's an incredible opportunity still and i think only getting better as we look at, uh, at at the potentials now, um, through through rebuilding and through reinvestment that's occurring. Well, well, thank you very much, Tim. Uh, and and I've been speaking with Tim Brangle from Chicago Consultant Studios, uh, and uh, we've been talking about. Uh, gosh, how would we describe it? I'd describe it as a. Uh, as, as uh, America's uh, Caribbean Hawaii, uh, a good piece of property, uh, 8,000 acres, uh, 3,400 in wetland, which is enhancing the property in this case. Uh, and uh, uh, and uh, thank you very much again, Tim. And Tim, and Tim uh, you are in, in Chicago, if somebody wants to reach you. I'm in Chicago, uh, yep, I'm uh, available. Look me up, Chicago Consultant Studio. We'd uh, be happy to talk more about this and if there's interest in in the island redevelopment, uh, certainly reach out. Um, and thank you for the opportunity. I, again, I, part of this is also building awareness and getting getting word out. Uh, and again, I think with, with a lot of eyes on Puerto Rico now, a lot of interest, um, I think that this is, a, a, again, an incredible opportunity. So thank you for allowing me to, to share my thoughts on it. Uh, it's been great. And this has been Dan Martin with NextGen Waterfronts on the American 
Shoreline Podcast Network. Thank you.